there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by a dancing Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, guys. I, I hope you never air my uh, my moves. I'm kind of like, you, you know those old person classes? Did you ever watch Better Call Saul? Yeah, I think. Well, they, they would do like chair things. yoga. Sure, sure. That's basically, I, I do a lot of dancing with the arms as as you intro me. And it's just it's just not worth anyone else seeing. It's just for you, man. I do it just for you. This is how Michael gets down. <laughs> so I get fired up, fired up to talk some Liberty Bowl and whatever else you've got on here. I don't even know. I'm just, I'm just here things. to dance, man. Lots of things. We got bowl season to talk about. We are all, I was going to say almost a week. We're a good four or five days in to bowl season. There have been some interesting games. Uh, I think it really kicks off here uh, in about a week or so that week after Christmas uh, going into New Year's, obviously with the, the New Year's six and the playoff, all that kind of stuff. But also just that week, you know, starting next Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I like how you threw that in there. Tuesday's when it starts getting important. Well, sure. that's I mean, when people start paying attention. You've got the Liberty Bowl on Tuesday. <laughs> all we, the games before that are just kind of, okay, they're just there. I mean, also if you look at, if you look at all of the big 12, uh, Texas Tech is the first Big 12 bowl game. That means it's the best one. At 12.28 at 5.45 p.m. Then West Virginia, 12.28, 9.15 p.m. Not standing for that one. Uh, 12.29, 4.45, Iowa State and Clemson. The Alamo Bowl is on the 29th between Oklahoma and Oregon. I don't... Which we'll, we'll talk about, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that game's going to go. No clue. Ghost staffs on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma completely. State, Notre Dame, Fiesta Bowl, New Year's Day, Baylor, Ole Miss, Sugar Bowl, New Year's Day, and then Kansas State and LSU in the Texas Bowl on the fourth. Yeah, that's a weird one that they snuck in like a week too late. <laughs> well, it's yeah. What is that? It's between the semifinal and the championship, right? Yeah, nobody cares about. A, a seven and five and a six and six team at that point. They're like, let's just I mean, get to the I, let's get to the title game, baby. I'd probably watch that. That's on the fourth at eight p.m. What is the fourth? The fourth is a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, oh well, I'll be we will be recording, recording a podcast. <laughs> we'll just have it up on a separate screen. <laughs> so we got bowl game, uh, bowl season, Mississippi State Liberty Bowl to preview this week. Look around the rest of the Big 12, the games I just mentioned, getting to basketball. There's a big game this past weekend against Gonzaga. Ugh. Didn't go the way of the Red Raiders, but 
I mean, it wasn't so surprising that you ran to a good a good shooting team that could take advantage of like if you if you're so committed to taking away the middle there and leaving out the, the three point shot, they were uh they were okay with that and they were efficient shooting threes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like it cracked me up on the broadcast. The color guys like the Red Raiders have to I have to adjust their defense to cover the three. I was like, I mean, it's a much lower percentage shot than a a bunny jump hook in the lane <laughs> mm-hmm. or a layup from a seven footer. Like give me shutting down Timmy and Holmgren to 12 point, 12 combined points and forcing somebody to beat you by going, you know, ballistic from three. Um, We'll get more into that game later. But we all have a basketball game tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon. Interesting. Um, and then one more game before conference play starts next Tuesday, the 28th against Alabama State and then Oklahoma State on the first. So we'll do all that. Um, we will have two more live radio shows with Rob Bro, Kyle Jacobson on Rob Bro's college tailgate show Saturdays, 10 to noon. Uh, we will be off this weekend for Christmas. Rob did say he will have a new year's show. May or may not yeah. be there for that. Yeah. I tried to grill him on that a little bit because I, I'm, I'm old. I am the oldest of all of us. And so new year's for me is, it's definitely a young man's game. And so I, I wasn't sure how functional some of some of you younger folks would be on New Year's Day at 10 a.m. So I was happy to hear that he is committed and he scoffed at the idea of 10 a.m. being a problem on New Year's Day. And I thought, OK, well, good. That, that works for me because I'm probably going to go to bed at a very normal time. No, I'm not because the one thing I do and I'll look it up at some point. You go in your backyard and shoot your nine millimeter into the ground. <laughs> I can see that. That's a Michael McDonald special, everybody. <laughs> no, that's no, not you. I don't do that. I shoot it in the air like a real American. <laughs> we'll just wait for that to come down in somebody's head. <laughs> no, um, that's terrible. I started this last year. Uh, Spencer Hall. Hmm. Every every Saturday, every day should be Saturday. Anyway, everybody knows who Spencer Hall is probably if you follow college sports. And who knows if he was the guy that came up with it or not, but he calculated the exact time to start Freebird. Oh. Like 11.55.05, something like that. I have a reminder in my phone. I'm actually going to look it up while I talk. And I'm sorry to derail us so fast. But this is totally worth it because if you, like me, enjoy – I like staying up till midnight – it's it's just kind of like, okay, I did it at this point in my life, you know, very close to 40. But this makes it so much better because you can just start Freebird. I've got a reminder. Let's see, where is it? Yeah, 11.55 and five seconds. And not the, not the live version or anything, the studio version of Freebird. Okay. And, and right when it hits midnight, that guitar solo just 
goes on another level. <laughs> and it is it is surprisingly exciting. Even if you're old like me and it, and you fire that up, you're kind of you, you just kind of are mellow because it's that's how the song is for the first several minutes. And that solo hits and you are ready to start 2022. You will be ready to go, guys. I like how you said, like, even if you're old like you, I think I think older, the older generation, the older individuals listening to us, are the ones that would appreciate Freebird. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Anyways, and, I mean, you youngins, you youngins, look up Freebird if you haven't. <laughs> youngins. Um, so, yeah, we'll be on the air Saturday the 1st. Looking at, uh, I guess, going back and, and talking about the, the Liberty Bowl a little bit, look at the rest of the New Year's Day games, uh, getting ready for the Oklahoma State basketball game. Um, yeah, you can listen live on Saturday the 1st, 10 to noon. Lubbock Talk 103.9 FM, 1340 AM, AM 916 San Angelo, and online at kkam.com. Also, text us because Michael has this great gif, not gif, great meme he sends within the Slack chat. Yeah, it's um, just fun every time. Asking yeah. for, for, for people to text in, but yeah, definitely more, uh, more entertaining than just the four of us talking. There's some texts off the text line. Some interaction with the listeners. Okay. Anyways, Michael, let's get into let's get into some football, man. What do you say? I am ready. Let's do it. Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25, 10, touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath him, breaks the tackle, still off the sideline, turns on the juice, touchdown. So Harold in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's going higher. Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. So you know what, Michael? As I do every time I listen to that last clip, I was reminded that this is the last time we'll play that with Sonny Cumbie being a member of the Texas Tech coaching staff. Oh, this is it. This is it. Last ride, baby. Yeah, because the next time we play it, we'll, it'll be a, basically an instant reaction, and he will still be with the team after the bowl game, but obviously not part of the staff. Hey, before we get on too far, I think I've deciphered, okay, Zarnell Fitch, who, correct me if I'm wrong here, is he our defensive line coach? Yes. Okay. He posted a really cool photo of an old muscle car on like 22s, maybe 24s. They are quite large. Yes, it is nice. And what we're trying to do is determine exactly where it was taken. We're thinking it's probably Houston, definitely not Lubbock. But he posts it's a red and black muscle car. It's black with red racing stripes. It is an Oldsmobile Cutlass, and I think I've narrowed it down to 1969 based off the why grill michael why was that year the year of 
sport everything. cars. We went to the moon, baby. We went to the moon that like, year. Everything. If you have a 69, anything is like, oh my gosh, that was the year. Yeah. <laughs> Why? That, that was what my dad had a 69 Chevelle SS 396. Dude, the, okay. Those Chevelles, I I had a friend in high school um, that he and his dad uh, rebuilt a Chevelle and then like it was it was my friend's car as, as he graduated high school. Red with the white stripes. Mm. Oh, I was so jealous. That thing was freaking sweet, dude. Dad's was, I think his was solid blue. I don't think he had stripes on it, but it was solid blue. Also, I I know it's kind of cheesy. I'm a big fan of the blowers that stick up out of the out of the hood, <laughs> dude. Give me give It's me. not cheesy if there's something in it. If if someone's just got a hood scoop just because you know, they have their stock 350 small block in their old Sierra and they just want to put a hood scoop on. Okay, that's cheesy. But if you got something under it, if you need the hood scoop, no, good I'm, Lord. I'm not even talking about the hood scoop. Like, where you have to cut out the hole for the mm. the intake that sits on top. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, that, that is just a whole other level. Like, it's so big and badass. It, we, we couldn't contain it within the <laughs> confines of the vehicle. And you see it, you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening to our car segment. But we're this pretty is, sure Zarn Elfitch has a 69 Cutlass with uh, a sweet paint job that we assume is his. I hope it is. That's cool. I mean, how, how cool would that be to roll up to a relatively local recruits class, recruits house, and that'd be like, yeah. He's, yes, he's got to get some personalized plates on there. You know he will. QB Hunter, come on! Oh, QB HNTR, yeah, something like that with a with a Texas Tech on there. Dude. Goodness! All right, so bowl season kicked <laughs> off Friday the seventeenth. <laughs> Tail Greeter Cure Bowl, North Carolina, Northern Illinois, not North Carolina, Coastal Carolina. I was mixing up those two teams. Northern Illinois. Did you see the controversy in this game, Michael? Did you hear? I about have it? to. I have to give you a fair warning. You should talk to me about bowl season as if I've been in a coma because I, I have not paid attention to it at I, all. Aside from Western Kentucky. I had that was no, because we watched it together. <laughs> sure. I had no interest in this game whatsoever. I, I didn't even know about it until the next day. Um, Northern Illinois or Coastal Carolina wins this game 47-41. The controversy of this game, excuse me, Northern Illinois is driving. As the, as game, as the game clock expires, um, they are lined up, ready to snap the ball. They're probably they're they're in the red zone. They're within twenty yards, even closer than twenty. Um, the previous play, I assume the ball had gone out of bounds, or maybe they they just got a first down because the 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 game clock had to be restarted. So the umpire goes up there, sets the ball down, and they have just like two or three seconds left on the clock. Well, like as soon as that ball hits the ground, the clock starts. And before the, um, the the referee could get out of the way in time for them to be able to snap the ball, the clock expires. The game clock or the play clock? The game clock. How could you not put... Okay, so I'm assuming and that was did, the end of the game. And that's how the game ended. That's just it? That's just it. They, they didn't go back and like... 
Coastal Carolina celebrated it, and the Northern Illinois staff was like, like confused, you know, like what is going on? Like the the clock shouldn't have started yet. And then you get a, I think it was the commissioner for whatever league Northern Illinois plays in came out the next day. It was like disappointed and, and saddened that a game was allowed to be officiated in such a way. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's about all I have on that game. It just ended some in home weird, cooking. Maybe, there, maybe. But Coastal Carolina fan up there. Coastal Carolina uh, was Joey Chestnut up there running the clock. Gets the first win of the bowl season. Uh, Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee, Toledo. Didn't watch it. Roof claimed Boca Raton between Western Kentucky and App State. This was a um, predict to be a close game. Western Kentucky wow. blew App State out. Yeah. And we, we were tracking the uh, the passing yards record and the touchdown record. And I was like, he's going to beat the passing yards in the first half. And somewhere in the second half, he's going to get this, the, the touchdown record. He needed 260 passing yards. Uh, did Bailey Zappi and five touchdowns to reset the record. And he, he threw for like almost 500 passing yards and six touchdowns. So that... What would what they score? 59? 59 on Goodness. App State. Of course, then you got Joey McGuire uh, <laughs> with the quote tweet of like, like it was a picture of Zach Kitley and like, you know, this, you know, Zach Kitley was... The orchestrator of the offense that reset both of these records, and he's like, "Red Raiders, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> this is your OC." Um, Cricket Celebration Bowl, South Carolina State, Jackson State. This was the H. Hold on, I don't get this right. H HBCU HBCU right? national title yep. game, historical Black College University, um, which is why. These two FCS teams, Jackson State, even though they were well, they were good enough to play in, in the FCS playoffs. Didn't they played in the HBCU national title game, uh, and they were heavily favored, and they they lost by three touchdowns. Ooh, I didn't see that at all. South, I just assumed they won because they were what eleven and one on the year. Uh, South like Carolina that? State was seven and five, but Jeez. they beat them thirty-one to ten. Uh, PUBG, New Mexico Bowl, Fresno State, UTEP. I was only interested in this for me because when I lived in Hobbs, I went to church with a boy named Gavin Hardison. And Gavin Hardison is the starting quarterback for UTEP this year. And How about I, the minors? I don't want to crap all over. He had a rough fourth quarter. Mm. On In three drives, he had a fumble in the end zone that was recovered for a safety which it was a five point game at that point. So it made it a seven point game. So it wasn't, it wasn't game changing momentum shifting for sure. Then when they get the ball back, UTEP, they go three and out on the following drive. He, he scrambles for a first down. He's driving and then he fumbles it to Fresno state, which essentially seals the game. UTEP loses 21, sorry, 24, 31. Was that, it was that his last year. No, I think he's a sophomore. Okay, good. So he didn't end on that. He's still young. And, uh, yeah, because he, he played at Hobbs, and I think he went to, uh, I believe he went to like a prep school, like New Mexico military or something. Anyways, uh, UAB and the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl surprised BYU, beat them 31-28. We was like, I was like, there's no way BYU is, is, is struggling this game. They're like 9-3 like, with a really strong schedule. Dealing with UAB, who said like seven and five or six and six, but yeah, and BYU still has 
all their coaching staff that I know of. I mean, yeah. maybe they lost a few assistants or something. They're, they didn't have some big off-the-field issue. I did see the score of this one, and I, it, that did surprise me. Uh, Lending Tree Bowl, Liberty 56, Eastern Michigan 20. That's a ball. That was pretty close at some point. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. I, <laughs> never mind. That was the beginning of the game when I watched. Yeah, of course it was close then, Michael. Jimmy, I don't remember the rest of it. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl one um that that stadium sweet i don't know if you've seen it it's a new indoor uh bowl is it it's not sofi it's not where yeah yeah it is sofi that's where the rams Inglewood. play right mm, i don't know see that's that i watch so little nfl when i when i turned this game on i was like where are they playing like la doesn't have a doesn't have a dome. Yes, they oh, do. Oh, yeah, it's SoFi. That's incredible because um, last year it was really bizarre. They opened it during COVID. And so I I think the first game I watched may have been the first game played in it. It was when the Cowboys played because, of course, I was watching the Cowboys. So they opened this beautiful state-of-the-art stadium with zero fans. Mm. But you got a great view of everything. I mean, it, and it it really is something else. Yeah, that's that's where um, that is where the Rams play. Great. Um, Utah State took down Oregon State twenty four to thirteen, and they did it with a backup quarterback for most of the game. I was watching it, um, and the Utah State offense was fairly entertaining, um, and they ended up winning that game by two scores, twenty four thirteen. R L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana. Defeats Marshall 36-21. So, what's his face? Napier? Napier. Now off to Florida. Um, Monday, this is yesterday's bowl games. Myrtle Beach Bowl by Tax Act. Tulsa 30, Old Dominion 17. How is Old Dominion in the FBS? How did they make a bowl game? And kept it respectable. Yeah. Those monarchs, man. Uh, and then tonight, the Tuesday, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Wyoming Kent State. Our boy Andrew Souter is not doing well for himself, man. Fifty-two, Wyoming Kent State, 32, 38. Um, and then there is one game ongoing: Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, UTSA San Diego State. Last I heard, it was not looking good for UTSA. Yeah, I've got the score pulled up, actually. I was checking into that. Going into halftime, UTSA, they started off, they had 14 points in the first quarter, didn't score in the second. But in halftime, they went in down 17 to 14. However, Ooh, I they are now down, <laughs> yeah, they're down 38-24 with six and a half to go. And the Aztecs have the ball. So it's not looking good for the Roadrunners. Nope. All right, so that'll do it with the games that are... are on the schedule or that have been played uh, tomorrow, Armed Forces Bowl, Missouri Army. Uh, Thursday, Frisco Football Classic, North Texas versus Miami of Ohio. Union. What? Yeah. Right, that's, Miami that's, of Ohio and Old Dominion. Sure. Okay. Why not? Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, UCF, Florida. This is one of those games that like, not in a in a high interest bowl game, but that matchup though, spicy. 
I'm yes. watching that one. Thursday night, 7 p.m. Florida versus UCF. I'm adding that to my uh, notifications on my score app. That's what I'm doing right now in because, case I check out I mean, for a sec. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like UCF is just an entertaining team to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to regret saying that or being excited to have them in the Big, big 12. Yeah, as, I'm as sure a, we both are. As a team that has like no bearing at all, that they've just been a fun team to kind of watch. Um, they have like ninety thousand students. I think I'm exaggerating. It's seventy something though. Sixty it's or in, seventy thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's those, incredible. Those, it's the largest in the nation. Uh huh. Those Florida schools are massive. Um, which is interesting because it's uh, UCF South Florida is also pretty big. Miami's big, or sorry, Miami maybe the smallest of those because they're private. Um, Florida is obviously really big, but yeah, UCF was surprisingly large with like 60 or 70,000. I think they're, they're either right ahead or right behind A&M. Oh gosh. Friday, Christmas Eve, easy post Hawaii bowl, Memphis versus Hawaii. Christmas day, tax act, Camellia bowl, Georgia state ball state. Monday the 27th, Quick Lane Bowl, Western Michigan versus Nevada, Military Bowl, Boston College, East Carolina. See, this is why I said nothing really started till the 28th. I mean, the, the Gasparilla Bowl is there for sure. 28th. Wait, t- hang on a second. Did you realize, is, um, is Tropicana Field? Hang it's on a, a second. It's a baseball field? No, but... <laughs> Okay, no, that can't be. Never mind. Never mind. Where is St. Petersburg, Florida in relation to UCF? Okay. Okay, so I, I'm just trying to do the math here. So from UCF, UCF's I'm in still Orlando. stuck on this. Yeah. That's two hours away to the game. That's a bus ride. Yep. Whereas Gainesville... is also... About two hours and twenty minutes away. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, there's no way Tech could ever <laughs> play an opponent and both of them be less than three hours away. I don't think even in conference. No, because I, I think is, closest is would possible? be TCU, and that's four hours. Oh yeah, minimum. You'd have so to be like they're, they're getting to have a or bowl game. I mean, sure, I'm sure they're like, ugh, we just we're just basically going to Tampa. This isn't very fun. But what I'm getting at is that stadium might be rocking. I, I mean that that would be like tech fans turn their nose up and playing like the the Alamo Bowl or the Texas Bowl. Like you're you're yeah. playing in state somewhere. It's not like super exciting, but I, mean, I, I wouldn't turn down an Alamo Bowl appearance. Oh, Alamo would be awesome, but but yeah, just. The fact that it's two hours away for both teams, basically, I think you're going to have a lot of people there. I'm sure there's some Florida people that are kind of, I don't maybe hopefully they're excited. I guess I they're excited getting, I'm blanking on his name, the guy from Oregon. What's Mario Cristobal. Cristobal. I guess they're excited. I don't know. I don't care. He's going to Miami, though. <laughs> He's not going to Florida. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Never mind. It's, it's Mullen's still at Florida, isn't he? No, it's, no it, Napier. it's Napier. We just talked about him, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, the 28th, so the, the game, the day the games really get going. Birmingham Bowl, Houston versus Auburn. Yes. Entertaining. I'm interested in that. Yep. First Responder Bowl, Air Force, Louisville, 
Uh, Louisville should be pretty good. The Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State, Texas Tech. Uh, San Diego, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, UCLA, NC State, and then Guaranteed Rate Bowl, West Virginia, Minnesota. Um, Wednesday, the 29th, SMU, Virginia, and the Fenway Bowl, New Era, Pinstripe Bowl, Maryland, Virginia Tech, Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson, Ohio State. Oh, sorry. Clemson, Iowa State. Yeah. That's like, that's a, that would be a, a weird rematch of a, uh, of a playoff game when both teams are not any good. <laughs> this, this game used to mean something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Valero Alamo Bowl, Oregon, Oklahoma State, on the 29th, and then the 30th, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Heck yeah, baby. North Carolina, South Carolina. That's probably an interesting matchup because the teams that don't play very very much, but they're fairly close to each other. I know. I thought that was odd, too. That that was like, why did they think? Anyway, interesting. Music City Bowl, Tennessee versus Purdue. Uh, I wonder if Tennessee's frustrated. They're just going over to Nashville. <laughs> They're riding a bus from Knoxville to Nashville. Uh, Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl, Michigan State, Pittsburgh. That could be interesting. That could be pretty good because uh, Michigan State's pretty good. Pittsburgh had that their quarterback that had the fake slide that immediately had that rule change instituted. Um, Las Vegas Bowl, Wisconsin, Arizona State could be good. New Year's Eve, Tax Slayer, Gator Bowl, Wake Forest, Texas A&M. Wake Forest, sneaky good. Uh, Tony the Tiger, Sun Bowl, Washington State, Miami. The Arizona Bowl. I, I'm not even bother with the sponsor of that one. Central Michigan, Boise State. And then you get um, playoff. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati, Alabama. And the Orange Bowl, Georgia, Michigan. Got lots of good games. On the first, Outback Bowl, Penn State, Arkansas, Citrus Bowl, Iowa, Kentucky, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, uh, Rose Bowl, Ohio State, Utah, Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss, Baylor. Yes. Sign me up for that. January 4th, Texas Bowl, and then the national title on the 10th. So that's bowl Oklahoma season. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame should be pretty good too. Yeah, we'll see. Let's talk about that, that Liberty Bowl though, Michael. Um, doing some stat comparisons was just one offensively for Mississippi State was just confirming my worst nightmares, um, <laughs> and then also bringing up some some anxiety looking at their defense better than you would expect from a Mike Leach team. Um, but Mississippi State seven and five, four and four on the season. Uh, the game will be Tuesday the twenty eighth at five forty five over on the flagship ESPN. <clears throat> Their offense, good for sixth in the SEC, 450 yards per game. That's only sixth in the conference, Michael. What Was there Was there a, a Big 12 team that averaged 400 yards of offense this year? Gosh, that's Baylor, a great question. Maybe Oklahoma? I don't know. I'll see if I can find that out. Sixth in the conference at 450 yards. Uh, 386 of those. Pass yards, just only 64 rush yards. You know what I found was interesting? They are third in the country in pass yards per game, 130th in rush yards per game. Mike Leach does not run the ball. Shocker. And they score 31 points per game. Um, 
which you can, whatever you want to say about SEC and defense these days, they scored 31 against SEC. Their quarterback, sophomore Will Rogers, 6'2", 210, completes 75% of his passes, uh, just about 4,500 passing yards in the season. But as you as you see from their their yards per per attempt, or per yeah, this is per attempt, not per completion. It's a bunch of short passes, man. Seven yards per attempt, where Texas Tech averages eight and a half yards per attempt. Um, I do have that stat going all the way back. Oklahoma is, as best I can tell, the top team in total yards. 441.6 in the Big 12. And that's good for 29th in the country. And above them, oh my gosh, above them is, at least as far as the SEC is concerned, is Georgia, of course, Mississippi State. We just talked about that. Ole Tennessee. Miss is, Ole Miss is probably up there. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's up there with 459. Florida is up there with 470. Alabama, 496. Oof. Ole Miss, 507. They averaged 500 yards in game. 506.7. Yeah, Ohio State, number one at 551. Um, barely ahead of <coughs> Lubbock's, Lubbock's uh, favorite son, Mr. Zach Kitley's Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at 535. <laughs> Good gravy. Uh, 35 passing touchdowns for Will Rogers to just eight interceptions. Um, I combined their top two running backs and, and it was also really interesting because they were one, both really close in rush yards, rush attempts, receptions and passing receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So their running backs, Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks, they combined for 820 rushing yards on 181 carries. It's four and a half yards per carry and 10 touchdowns. And 860 receiving yards on 141 catches for four touchdowns. That gives me some flashbacks. <clears throat> and that was, I mean, that was Leach's thing so much was just to pass to the running back out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And they're getting almost, it's, it's like you said, it's the numbers are almost identical. 820 yards rushing to 860 receiving. 181 carries to 141 receptions. So yeah, these guys are getting the ball a lot, even a if they're just lot. even if they're not handed handing it off. Because if you look at their top receiver, um, in, in a Mike Leach pass happy offense, 98 receptions. But these two running backs are combining for they're averaging what 160 touches a piece, <laughs> and their top receiver is 98 receptions. Um, again. They're not they're not taking the top off off the defense here. Ten point one yards per catch from their leading receiver, nine touchdowns. Jaden Wally, six foot, one hundred eighty five pound sophomore, six hundred and ten yards, eleven and a half yards per catch, six touchdowns. Senior Austin Williams, six three two hundred. I said senior, five hundred forty three yards, eleven and a half yards per catch, four touchdowns. So shocker, they spread the ball out to. Three receivers and a running back. I couldn't find a tight end on the stat sheet. So take that. Also also a shocker. <laughs> um, and then here's where it got interesting, at least for me. They're fourth in the SEC in total defense. I guess total defense, total offense, not the greatest stats. 
They're 21st in the country, 330 yards given up per game, and 57th in the country in scoring defense. That 57th is a little deceiving, but they give up 25 points per game, which is pretty good. That's really good, especially in a conference where we just rattled off like four or five teams that have better offenses. Well, maybe not better, but whose offenses can move the ball just as much, if not better than this one. Uh, I did want to tell you, I went back through their schedule and I thought, what's their best win? And And I thought I'd watch a little bit of highlights of that. Their best win has to be in Auburn. Uh, they won 43 to 34. Now it's not like Auburn was setting the world on fire this year or anything, but they went into Auburn. What I didn't realize is that Auburn led the game 28 to three. Mm, and they, and they, what they score, what 41 unanswered. Um, I, it was, it was, something it like wasn't that. quite an answer. Yes, it was, um, 40, 40, God. it was 40 unanswered. So they went on a 40 point run. And with five minutes left, Mississippi State was up 43-28. to 28. And Auburn did finally score again. They missed on the two-point attempt and ended up losing 43-34 at home. Fans were booing. Bo Nix, who seemed like he could do no wrong in the first half. It was just so typical. I felt like a Tech fan watching this. Because that defense... That Mississippi State defense in the first half, the middle was just wide open. Everything was open. Running backs were just gashing and running 15, 20 yards at a clip or more through the middle because no one was there. Uh, Passes were wide open. I just thought, man, Tech's going to have a field day on offense with this. And then uh, apparently they shored that up. And, you know, they don't show those highlights. They don't show the highlights of Auburn going three and out. But they must have quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, they, this was, this ties, no, it didn't tie it. It became the largest comeback ever in Mississippi state history. Where have you heard that tied to Mike Leach before? It bowl season. (laughs) Speaking of, yeah, I mean, against Minnesota. Yeah, this is, this is all stuff that I think we got our. Okay, Mike Leach, let's let's shut up about the the money you're quote unquote owed. I think we got that out of our system last week, so we can just talk football and admire and respect the fact that this is going to be a tough team to beat. And even when you think you might have a good start on them, you don't. They they went into Auburn. <laughs> they were down twenty eight to three, mm-hmm. and they won the game. By almost double digits. Good gosh, yeah this this offense is is pretty scary, and I don't know I don't know if it's a good omen or a bad omen that their quarterback is named Will Rogers. I don't know if that's going to help us or hurt us. Not sure, I, man. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to expect there. So going through their their schedule, um, they start off the season at home versus Louisiana Tech. Won that game by one point thirty five thirty four. Home versus NC State, 24-10. On the road, they lost to Memphis, 31-29. Then back home versus LSU, lost that one, 28-25. On the road at Texas A&M, this would have to be another game you consider up there. One of their best wins. Yep. A&M was ranked 15th at the time, 26-22. 
Back home to versus Alabama, they got blown out. It's it's Alabama though, forty nine to nine. On the road at Vanderbilt, forty five to six, they win that one. Home versus Kentucky, twelfth ranked Kentucky, they beat them by 14, 31, 17. I was about to say that's a pretty good win too. That Kentucky was really good this year. Like and just true Mike Leach fight. Like you you win a good game and then you like you feel pretty good going on the road at Arkansas, then lose that game, thirty one twenty eight. Well, and you and you squeak by Louisiana Tech at home. I mean, you lose to Memphis in Memphis. It, it's just all kind of, yeah. It all sounds familiar. You Keep lose going. to a not good LSU team, then you beat a top fifteen team on the road. Yeah, that um, all sounds right. <laughs> you go on the road, you lose to Arkansas, then you're back on the road versus a, a ranked opponent at Auburn. You just talked about it, where they won forty three thirty four. Home for the SEC Cupcake at. And middle of November, Tennessee State, and they finish the season uh, Thanksgiving night versus Ole Miss at home and lost 31-21. A respectable loss, I guess, if you have to say it that way. But it's it's going to be a tough team. They're, they're going to be able to score on, on Tech. Um, they're going to move yeah. the ball through the air, and that's just yeah. the thing you're going to have to get used to. Everybody's going to be like, what, what, is, what is Keith Patterson doing? What's our pass defense doing? One, our pass defense has been trash all year, um, and so this is not a good matchup for you. You give up, a, to, uh, you give up 268 pa- 266 passing yards per game, eight yards per attempt, um, whereas Mississippi State throws the ball for 386 yards per game at 7.1 yards per attempt. So they're gonna they're gonna bleed you to death with a thousand paper cuts. Um, they they average sixty four rushing yards per game, uh, and against a Texas Tech rush defense, that's actually pretty good. Like this number could be in the thirties. Like you may hold mm-hmm. them to thirty rush yards, but they will still throw for four hundred yards or more. Um, sixty four rush yards on th- basically three yards per carry. Um, they're really good converting third downs, one of the best in the country, 45.5%, whereas the Texas Tech defense gives up 44.5%. Then obviously the fourth down defense for Texas Tech has also been really bad. When Texas Tech has the ball, we, we know it's been a lot more balanced this year than most, 258 yards through the air on 8.6 yards per attempt. Mississippi State gives up just about you know the same, 230 on 7.5 yards per attempt. Their rush defense... Really good. 101, they give up 101 rushing yards on three yards per carry. Whereas Texas Tech gains 150 on four and a half. And then third down conversions about the same 42 and a half for Texas Tech's offense to Mississippi State giving up only 41%. I say only, but allowing conversions on 41. Um, the line as of this evening is Texas Tech plus nine and a half. It's a big number. I don't know, man. I that there was there was some talk in the in the the radio studio this weekend of some people taking uh, Texas Tech money line, so not only to cover but to win. I'm I don't like it. I I I think. And, and the way the SEC does these things, they, they line up their teams that have the strongest uh, matchups against their bowl opponents. And I think, one, like, 
where you have some hope on defense, when when Mississippi State has the ball and they're going to throw, throw it around on you, you've been a really good tackling team. And they're not they're, they're going to try to find some space. They're not going to they're not going to throw it deep on you. They're not going to they're not going to play action you to death. Um, they're not going to run down your throats and then hit you with a deep ball. They're just going to like every play throw it out wide, throw it short, throw the mesh. Um, all this kind of thing. You just have to be sound enough to not let them break tackles. So, yeah, and it's going to be a tall, a tall order. Sure, I, I, I'm saying that understanding that you're still a two-score underdog in this game. And, and I say this, yeah, I'm worried about Mississippi State's offense, but I'm worried about Texas Tech's offense. You know, I, I saw nothing the last two games that gave me a whole lot of confidence. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to say nothing. Baylor drained the clock so much in that game, but you know, the possessions that Tech got in the second half, they did do about all they could with them. They did waste some possessions in the first half, but the, the second half they did a lot better. I, I'm just not sure any of that's magically gotten fixed over the last month, uh, especially with, you know, the turn not yeah. turmoil, but the topsy-turvy nature of so many coaches leaving, so many new ones coming in, you know, Cumbie being gone for a couple of weeks, Cumbie coming back, DeAndre Smith leading the team during that time. I'm, you know, Mississippi State doesn't have any of that. I think they had a few players enter the portal recently, but I'm not even sure if they were super productive players. So they've had very little off the field things to to focus on or consider. Uh, so I, I'm with you, and I hate I hate to do that, but I, I mean, the over under on this is 59 and a half, and that seems like hammer the over, right? Even if Tech's offense isn't doing great, I just feel like here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to have – I almost said Washington State. I'm going to have Mississippi State cover as much as I hate to. Um, And I'm going to have them winning 41-31. That's just kind of where I'm at with this because 31, I'm not positive – Tech can get up there, but I just think there's going to be so many possessions this game that that's kind of where it's going to end up. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, I, I heard this on the radio this week too. They, I think it was Choice and Jamie, and they were talking about. I think a texter had texted in and said something about we well, all aren't really talking about the bowl game that much, and I think they were kind of going, well, it's because. I don't know. It's not like no. It's not like people aren't excited about it. It's just there's basketball. People feel like the f- football program's going in, in the right direction. Yes, the bowl game matters, but it's not going to. You know, if Tech loses by thirty, uh, okay. Well, Cumbie's not going to be the coach next year anyway, so people can kind of write that off. If Tech wins by thirty, oh wow, that's awesome. McGuire's going to be able to take that momentum and run with it. You, you know, it's just kind of. It's going to be a fun thing to watch in December that um, I'm really glad that these players get to experience and that we get to experience as fans. It's been a while. You know, I think the biggest the biggest positive you have is that you're still working together as a team. You're getting better. You're, you're practicing when other teams are not. For um, sure. You know, you don't have players sitting on Instagram lives because they've got nothing else going on. 
I'm looking at you, Texas. Um, or, you know, recruiting from your apartment because you don't have practice to go to Longhorns. It's the place to be really with all those, the dozen transfers you have leaving your program. Texas is the place to be starters, contributors. No. Yes. Spencer's score is bad. Yeah. They, uh, they did land yours, but it was also just laughable that they're like, it's the place to be. You can't say that when your program is in shambles. Like you've got key contributors and starters. Well, they had a coach leave for Temple today. That's not concerning at all. No. no. It's just fine. I mean, we really need to we need the NCAA to crack crack down on the owls and see what they're up to over there. So I, I I'm being a little contrarian to Michael here. I, I had I was looking at about a ten point game as well, probably thirty eight twenty eight. Um I'm gonna expand it just a little bit because I think just with the with the all the things that Michael was talking about with the the changes in the coaching staff, um, and that the Mississippi State defense is, is, is a little bit better than I was expecting. I, I'm having them win by, by two scores, and maybe that that second score from Mississippi State comes late. You know, it, it may be a, a one score game, um, but I've got them win like 38-24 or something like that, where it's just like there are some field goals, but. Um, you have some weird moments on offense, whether it's a turnover or you just kind of stall out a little bit. Um, you're you you don't slow down Mississippi State's offense, but you make them, you know, execute all the way down the field, which is what they do. Right? This is what they're this is what they're the air raid was known for. What Mike Leach's offense has been known for, you know. So, yeah, I'm going 38-24. Mississippi State. Boo, both of us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, you want to look at the rest of the Big 12 or you want to get to the ads real quick? Uh, yeah, let, let me let me run through the ads real quick. Then we'll look there. This is probably a good halfway-ish point. So guys, you know about Spotify Green Room. It is the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, possibly some fathletes and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Uh, you can join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on the 23 Personnel podcast. We will be hosting rooms probably every so often this basketball season. I'd imagine after some Saturday games, especially with Big 12 play rolling up. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free. In Google Play and iOS App Store, create a profile. Follow me at Michael McDonald. But really, you should follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers. He starts the room, and you will be notified when the room goes live. And like I said, we'll be going live probably on some of the bigger games of the season. It's just kind of naturally with our podcast recording schedule that most of the basketball games end up being kind of an in- instant reaction anyway on the Tuesday, Wednesday nights. But some of these Saturday ones, we might have to get y'all on so you can bring your spiciest takes. So we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports. that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge on Symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit 
www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's look around the rest of the Big 12 in the bowl season. Like I said earlier, Texas Tech is the first Big 12 team to play. Uh, although if you look at future Big 12 teams, BYU's already played. Houston and UCF will play before Texas Tech. But Texas Tech plays first. We just covered that one. West Virginia versus Minnesota at the guaranteed rate bowl. Minnesota's favored by four and a half. So these are all numbers as of tonight, the 21st. Uh, four and a half points for Minnesota. It's on the 28th. It'll be the game right after Texas Tech. I, one, I have not seen a minute of Minnesota football. I expect them to cover this line against West Virginia. <laughs> I watched a little bit. The only game of theirs I watched was the first game, and I think they played Ohio State, or they played somebody really big just right out of the gate. Yeah, they did. And it may not have been week one, but it was really close to week one. Uh, let me see. Where did they Where did they even land? Uh, final football standings. This is really good pod. Sorry. You've got. Oh, and it gives me NFL. Ugh. Come on, Google. Read my mind. Read the room. Read the room. So they land. They are second in the Big 12 West. Six and three in conference. Eight and four overall. Ooh. Yeah. At first, I was going to come up with some reason to pick West Virginia because it's an Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> so Minnesota is going to have they're going to be dragging at yeah, nine fifteen at night. Um, this is this is West Virginia's world over there, but but maybe that's worse because it's anyway. Yeah, Minnesota. I think they're going to cover the Cheez It Bowl. Iowa State seven five. Iowa State versus a nine and three Clemson. Clemson's only favored by a point. Give me Clemson. I think so, too. I think Iowa State's, they're done. They're done for the year. Um, they had a lot of guys into the portal. Mm-hmm. The, and West Virginia did, too. Yeah, and some pretty productive ones, I, I believe. So, um, yeah, I'll take Clemson. So it's going to be Wednesday evening, 445 on the 29th. 
following that game, this is the one I'm going to be interested in. And it could be it could be a, a dumpster fire. Who knows? Oklahoma as a four and a half point favorite versus Oregon and the Alamo Bowl. Both teams are without coaching staffs. Well, they have coaching staffs, but it's the previous staff, I think, are coaching for both. So Venables will not be on the sideline for OU. See, I don't I don't know. He'll be in the Clemson game. Maybe. So it's okay, the Alamo Bowl. Is is Lincoln Riley coaching Oklahoma? (laughs) I don't think I don't think so. So like who's coaching who's coaching Oklahoma? There are things I should have figured out before we hit record. But again, I I think that adds to it. Like two teams that are in similar oh, situations, duh. Bob. It's Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops. Yeah, that's duh. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, that all that all came out. Big game, Bob's back. Big game, boys. Big game, boob. Maybe. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, ten and two, Oklahoma, Oregon, and the Alamo Bowl. Oregon has not had a good history in the Alamo Bowl recently. They uh, they lost big to TCU a couple years ago. Um. I do like the Big tw- Big Twelve Pac twelve matchup there. I did like the Texas Tech Michigan State matchup. Uh, there was a question on on the the Raiderland or uh, Ryan Heights show. What was your favorite bowl experience? I've been to two bowl games. I went to the 08, 09, uh Cotton Bowl where Texas Tech played Ole Miss. Hey, I was there too. Uh, I I actually just worked overnight. So I, I worked like the eleven to eleven. Um oh God. <laughs> and then I rolled into that game uh, at the hospital. I was like, oh my gosh, I was I was dead and the game sucked. I was like, super excited about um that play early on where Ed Britton broke the the tackle on an out route uh and scored early on and then that uh Graham Harrell scramble right before halftime, as slow as could be, <laughs> ran out the clock <laughs> And nearly, nearly scored. Um, I, I was, again, I, you never know what the other fans, like how they hear your, your side of the stadium. But my God, was Ole Miss loud and obnoxious. That hottie toddy would not stop. And I was like, is Raider Power just as loud over there? I can't tell because all I hear is hottie toddy. The thing I remember the most is I think uh, a fourth and four QB sneak that Leach ran and at midfield, roughly, and it 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 didn't work. Oh, shocker! I remember that. Uh, and the other other bowl game I was in was at the '09. Oh, Alamo that's bowl. an interesting one to go to. Yeah, so I, I was there. Like I, we had bought tickets before Leach was fired. Uh, even more interesting after all that stuff went down. So I was there for uh, that game versus Michigan State. Uh, I have a picture of a guy's shirt at the game. It says real men aren't afraid of the dark <laughs> taking a shot at, uh, Adam James there. Cause at that point, everybody was just so against Adam James. Like this, that was Going the Craig, only, James, only part of the story it, yeah. that we heard was Adam cried about, uh, being asked to, to, to go to a, a different room and he, he played it up and daddy blasted it all over ESPN. <clears throat> Again, I still maintain Texas Tech's biggest failure in that offseason was not retaining Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley. It wasn't yeah. firing Mike Leach. It was letting those two go because you wanted to move in a different direction. That was the mistake. Um, both those games, like 
it was cool to go to the Cotton Bowl, and it was like a packed, packed Cotton Bowl. Uh, but it was not a very competitive game. And then that game against Michigan State was pretty cool. Um, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame is favored by a couple. Um, Give me Oklahoma State, man. It's close. Enough, like, I don't – I I like their defense, and I assume Knowles is going to be there for this because he's not – like he's just a coordinator. They're not, not changing schemes at Ohio State just yet. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I like Oklahoma State in this game too because I think they were good enough. Uh, they they were borderline playoff team. Um, had yeah. had that had that um, had they scored that touchdown in the Big Twelve championship game as as time was going out, uh, I, I think that they would have been a playoff team. Well, uh, I'm not so Dame, sure about Notre Dame though. Yeah, they're without Brian Kelly the biggest Cajun you ever saw and who knows they might be better because I think they did like what you just talked about hiring they did their version of hiring Ruffin and Lincoln I think they hired they one hired of the, the assistants that was there already they, they hired their uh their standing uh defensive coordinator and I cannot remember his name but it, it's probably a great hire and I don't think they're going to have near as much upheaval as some of these other schools with a, a change in head coaching. But that Oklahoma State defense, I think, I don't think they're going to be like everyone said Georgia was when Georgia lost to Texas a few years ago. Oh, they just don't want to be there. I think this Oklahoma State team wants to be there. And I think they are ticked off that they lost by the width of a football, basically, to Baylor. Yeah. And I think they've got something they still want to prove. So I, that's I'm going with Oklahoma State. Completely un, untangible reason. Speaking of defense and Baylor, Baylor versus Oklahoma, Ole Miss, not Oklahoma State. Baylor, Ole Miss, and the Sugar Bowl right after the Fiesta Bowl. Um, that uh, Baylor defense versus a Jeff Lebby offense and Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, Lane Train. Um, that could be a good one. Ole Miss, it's basically a pick em, favored by a point. Um, man, give me Ole Miss in this one. I might take Aranda. I think – Ole Miss is so good, though. This is the first time ever I think they've had 10 or 11 wins. I forgot what the stat was. So he's done something truly historic there already. Who, Lane pretty, pretty good little run. <laughs> At Ole Miss, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I, I heard that they had their best season ever, eleven wins. It's like, that's funny. Because I mean, I just—it's not funny. I don't, don't want to like ridicule a team. Because that's probably that—that that, that was Texas Tech. It <laughs> happened in 08. It's like this best season ever. Um, and they still lost three games. Ole Miss did this year. They've already played fourteen games. This is outlandish. And then the Texas Bowl on the fourth. Kansas State, 7-5 Kansas State, favored by almost three points versus LSU. Man, give me LSU in this game. Well, Skylar Thompson's hurt again, isn't he? I think he, I think he got knocked out at the end. No, maybe not the end, but his last game. I don't know. LSU is such a dumpster fire as far as who's going to be on the sidelines or not. I'll take Kansas State. To be different. All right. Kansas State at minus two and a half. Somehow they're favored. 
there's only two uh, only two Big Twelve teams favored in the bowl season: Oklahoma at four and a half and Kansas State at two and a half. Every, Take your respect. Every other Big Twelve team is the underdog. All right, with that, let's get to basketball uh, and talk about that game against Gonzaga. Gross. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. All right, so let's start with that Gonzaga game. No, sorry. Before we get to Gonzaga, Michael, there was some uh, NBA news. Yeah, this, just just real quickly, today, the what is this? The 21st? 21st. Tuesday. Four days to Christmas, man. Two of my fellow illiterate, alliterative names of M's. All M's, man. Mac McClung and Matt Mooney were both called up to the NBA today. From their respective G League teams, McLung is playing for the South Bay Lakers currently. Mooney is playing with the Mexico City Capitanes. That's how I'm going to say it because mm-hmm. it's spelled C-A-P-I-T-A-N-E-S. It's not Capitanes. There's no way. That E is, is doing something. That E is doing work. The, for sure. In Spanish, the E's don't just sit around. So Matt Mooney is going to the Knicks. Mac McClung is headed to the Bulls. He's headed up to the Chicago. Chicago. Uh, so always good to see a couple of Red Raiders get another another shot. And, you know, I'm just glad they're still playing basketball, especially Mooney. He's a few years out now, and you never know. Stuff's just always kind of weird in the professional basketball world and really happy for these guys to get another shot on an NBA team. Yeah. So – you played this weekend, Gonzaga, number five in the country. You ended up losing this game 69 to 55. Um, and at times it didn't even feel that close. Although I, I hated it because you got even with them in, in the second half. You, you you came back from an eight-point halftime deficit. You would tie them in the second half. You had this great little run. Um Gonzaga takes a timeout and then goes on a 14-2 run. You're just like, yeah. well, there's game. Yeah, and that was... They bounce back. Like, like 14 minutes left or so, and, and they, they ended it. They just flat out ended it with that run. Um, you know, I don't even know if Shannon being on the court would have mattered that much <laughs> during that win. Because uh, uh, Arms, you know, he played great last week against Arkansas State. Was really glad to see him get the start. He continued to play well, you know, five for ten from the field, 
14 points, uh, you know, three turnovers. That wasn't great. So I don't think he got to see, we didn't, we didn't get to see all we wanted out of him, but yes, it stunk not having Shannon there, but with the team like Gonzaga, even when you're able to hold their guys, you're able to hold Chet Holmgren to five points. You're able to hold Timmy. You know, he only had seven points. He only shot the ball four times. Yeah, it, Holmgren shot four times. Like when we talked about like shutting down the middles, like I, man, I mean, Texas wanted to do that. And Timmy had 37 points in the middle against the Longhorns. Yeah. Um, and but what we saw is like you were, you were really effective on, on shutting down the middle. They had eight shots between the two of them, 12 points. You felt really good, but they shot 42% from three. 13 of 31. They took a lot of threes, obviously. Like you left them open and they were a volume shooting three team at that point. Um, and they they made enough to keep keep you at arm's length or further away. Um no nobody really had a great game. I mean, Andrew Nebhart, maybe like he played all 40 minutes, dude never came off the court, scored 16 points. Uh, he shot 50% from three. Rashir Bolton shot 50%. He was five of ten. Of his 11 shots, obviously 10 of them were three, uh, and he hit five of them, 15 points. Only the person in, in double figures, Anton Weston, uh, three of four from the field, one of one from three uh, for 10 points. I, I just I hate that it happened that way because you felt like you had a good game plan. If you can limit Holmgren and limit Timmy, and get them in foul trouble, which they did. I mean, Bacho came in and was a foul magnet for Chet Holmgren. Yeah, Just Holmgren got had that four. guy to foul him at least twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holmgren was playing with four fouls there towards the end, so he he was limited in minutes. He only played twenty four minutes, and you know Timmy played thirty, but he he had three fouls, so he was having to watch it too. Yeah, they, Heck did a great job with that. N- nobody else had had three fouls or more. It was just uh, Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren. Um, they barely out rebounded you 37 to 36, which is surprising. Well, we talked about their length inside. I mean, Chet Holmgren had 10 rebounds or sorry, he had 11. He had 10 defensive rebounds. Um, Kevin McCuller had 10 rebounds. Uh, so, you know, the size advantage they had on the glass, it definitely felt like at times it definitely felt like they were just flexing their size on you. Um, and I, I mentioned it several times, Chet Holmgren does not look healthy. He's like seven <laughs> one, 190 pounds. Like dude looks like a stiff wind could blow him over. Um, and just, I, 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 I get it. Like an 18 year old body that's seven feet tall. Like you, you, has, just, you hasn't just don't had, have the time. You haven't had time to fill out, but like dude no. looks sick and not in a good way. Um, anyways, you were awful from the free throw line too. 54%. I mean, you shot 13, only shot 13. Um, they shot 10. So it was a fairly, like they were fairly loose in the officiating. Like, yeah. Um, in terms of like who shot, there were some times where it definitely felt like, uh, things could have, or should have been called. Um, but, uh, in a game where you shoot a total of 23 free throws, that's I'd rather that happen than you shoot or you have 50 fouls or something stupid like you saw against 
Providence a few weeks ago. Um, yes. So yeah, you, I agree. You lose this game by 14, but you, you like, you were kind of like you were defeated. Like you felt defeated. Right. Um, and I don't want to be like the moral victory guy here, but when your defensive plan completely changed the way your opponent had to play, that's a success. You force them out of the lane. You you did not let their six ten and seven foot guys control the game as they have in previous games. Um, you force them into thirty one three point attempts, and they hit enough to beat the game to, to win. Their defense was a lot better than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't know what's going on with with, with O'Banner. He had uh he. It felt like he took more than than, than two three point shots, but well, they he had weren't. a dunk in there. I mean, he he had a decent game. You know, it was it was better than his game against Tennessee. Was, that's for sure. Nadolny played a bunch of minutes, twenty nine minutes, only put up three points. Bacho four points in seventeen minutes. Um, yeah, three point shooting is still a problem with this team because Adonis Arms had three of the six threes that tech made and then it, three other players had the other three. So arms had half the threes tech made with, with, and it just, you know, tech shot six of 19, 31%, whatever it was just not, uh, it, not I don't know enough. if that's ever going to be their game. I don't know if that's ever going to be an option for them. Um, has anybody gotten hot this year? I think Shannon may have had a couple of, hot games arms might, you know, maybe he'll be that guy that'll put up a few here and there, but man, McCuller was over four Williams. Why is Williams shooting threes? He was one for three. Uh, he was two for 10 from the field. Just in general, five points, mm. rough day, rough day for Williams, man. He's, he's had a rough day against good competition consistently. Yeah, so you you were 25th going into this game. You actually remained ranked 25th after this game. You're 8-2 and two now on the season. Um, Michael mentioned it. Shannon is, was did not play. It looked like he may have been uh, trying to, to work himself out uh, and to get into the game or to, to be able to to be able to play. But in pregame warm-ups, when he's just dribbling around the court and everybody else is, is, is shooting shots, like, he's probably not going to play. Yeah. Um. Aren't like arm started in his spot. Haslametrics had the game being about a seven point game in favor of of Gonzaga. Uh, you definitely they had you scoring seventy points and you didn't you you didn't get anywhere close to that. Um, stats after the 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 Gonzaga game overall for Ken Palm you dropped a couple spots to twenty first. Your offense dropped nine spots to forty fourth. Defense dropped three spots to tenth. Haslametrics, you dropped a couple spots to 43rd overall. Offensive efficiency down to 57th. Defensive efficiency down seven spots to 32nd. Uh, good thing about this part of the schedule, though, Michael, you got a couple of uh, get right games yep. before heading into conference play. Eastern Washington first on the 22nd. It's tomorrow. ESPN Plus at 1 p.m. Um, they did beat Washington State on the road 76 to 71. Uh, we do have a, a common opponent when they played Omaha. Eastern Washington did win that game 92-81, but remember Texas Tech 
beat Omaha by 56 over Thanksgiving. Um, so ex- yeah, expect that this, game to not be, <laughs> not be very good or not be very close at least. No. And I was kind of circling this before the season started, uh, thinking, well, one, I'm going to it. So I was kind of a little bit more interested in it. Uh, but Eastern Washington was a tournament team last year. And so I was thinking, man, they might be rolling in there kind of hot. They might be a little feisty team. Yeah, 6-5, and 0-1 oh in conference. It's it's not a great year for them. Uh, so I will be there tomorrow, so that's exciting. My Christmas break starts tomorrow because nice. our office is closed Thursday, Friday. So I'm heading out, heading out at lunch on Wednesday and just calling it a day. Yeah, uh, Haslametrics has this game as a 16-point uh, victory margin for for Texas Tech. That seems about right. You, you, you know, I'd hope to see Shannon play some, even if he doesn't start. Hopefully, Adams is able to work him in a little bit because um, then the you know then they're off for almost a full week. Come back the following Tuesday f- for their last game against non Big Twelve slash non Power Five com- opponents because they do have that SEC game against Mich- Mississippi State, but. So Tuesday, December 28th, Alabama State is coming to town. Alabama State, yikes, they are 1-9. and nine. Uh, They have three wins if you include exhibition games against Mobile and Tuskegee, but that's it. So Tuesday, December 28th, if y'all are still in town and you're still off work, 1 p.m. at the USA or on ESPN Plus for the Alabama State game, which... We won't have an instant reaction, but we'll record that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll also have the football game. So that's a full, full, a full episode day of, of reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alabama so, State, according to Aslametrics, is a 26 point underdog in this game. Yeah. Even worse than the Eastern Washington. Are they, are they the Eagles? Uh, some there's something there. It's yes. It, it involves wings and talons <laughs> to the chicken. I just remember the talons. logo because they, they've got, they work at EWU somehow around a bird of prey. Okay. Makes sense. Let's get to your questions and what we learned to wrap this thing up, Michael. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so I asked everybody how they were doing in their Christmas shopping, and then give me some of their favorite holiday treats. So, Michael, first, you're up. How are you on your shopping? Did you finish? You went You went out tonight. Are you done? Yes. I am done. I think I am officially done. I need to wrap. So I think tomorrow we night is going to be my wrapping night. We haven't even started wrapping around here. The The only wrapped presents under the tree are the ones that were mailed to us already wrapped. There was something about this year. My wife and I both, we, we did a really good job of buying for everyone else but each other. And we keep telling it. We keep like tempering each other's expectations of, okay, now there's not a lot. There's not going to be a lot for you this year. We, we don't know why. There's no reason. But I did find I feel pretty good. I think I might quote unquote win. Because oh. I found some good stuff tonight that she doesn't know about, so I'm. Um, I won't ask you to 
divulge that just nope, in case she no because she she's in. she listens every week religiously oh that's nice awesome i'm i am totally lying no she doesn't oh. anyways in case she does i am not done and it's because i was an idiot and well, no. i i yeah well <laughs> i was i got excited about a couple of things that were i was trying to not stick to samantha's list because she, she's not a list person anyway so like it, she hates it um so i was like I'm going to try to be good and get her stuff off list. And I found some couple of things I thought was really, I was excited about, man. And then I got the confirmation and the shipping notification and they were coming from China. I was like, Oh, the shipping. Oh my gosh. I'm such an idiot. One I ordered five weeks ago now. Oh and, no. So you were on top of it. Five weeks is, and it may, it may never get here. It may be lost for good. Oh my gosh. I thought if you did it, if you did it two or even three weeks ago, I might give you a little grief. But five, five, yeah. You would think that should have plenty of time. Yeah, it's probably it's probably gone. I'm I'm frustrated about that. Uh, There's another one I got. um, This was so this was the second one I bought, and I I should have known better. But it was it was like a it was an ad that I saw on on one of the social platforms. I can't remember if it was TikTok or whatever. I was like, that's actually really cool. I like that idea. And it was it was one of those sites that like somebody set up like an American sets up, but like just obviously selling Chinese stuff. Mm. Now that one, as of three days ago, that's the last update I have was from three days ago was it was released from customs at LAX. But if it was released from customs three days ago at LAX, it should be here by now. (laughs) Maybe. Where is it? Um, So that one may or may not arrive. Then I was like, I was frustrated. So we, we had set like a budget and was like, we're going to do three gifts for each other. Two of my three are like, they're gone. They're they're in the ether somewhere, <laughs> China, the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Who knows? Um, so like, I have to completely start over. I got one. It actually arrived today. I had to pry uh, and ask Samantha for some ideas off of her list that I will have to go in store for. And I hate going shopping in stores, especially this close to Christmas. This is yeah, that com- was rough today. Completely my fault. So I'm gonna have to go uh, probably tomorrow. I, the the later it gets in the week, the worse it's gonna get. Uh, so I'm not done. Holiday snacks though. Um, we usually go to my mom's house for holidays, and she just like way overdoes it. Right? She's got sheet cake and chocolate peanut cr- uh, clusters mm, and yes. the oyster crackers and all kinds of stuff. We we did so we've done. The oyster cracker recipe, we did it with checks instead. Um, biggest thing we've learned is you have to like almost triple the recipe on the oil and seasoning mixture because the checks absorb it. Uh. Whereas the oyster crackers, you coat the outside. Um, so they're not bad. We also did did, uh, did some puppy chow out of checks. So <sighs> melted chocolate, peanut butter, uh, and powdered sugar. That's really good. We've also, for some reason, I, 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 you know, so we'll have to explain why it's a holiday thing, but spinach artichoke dip is really good this time of year for us. Yeah, totally. So I, I, I got some. Walmart actually makes a good house spinach artichoke stuff. So I just buy it pre-packaged, pre-made from them. It's good to go. I don't like it warm. Warm spinach artichoke dip, hard pass. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it warm. I went to my mother-in-law's Friday last week, we had Christmas cordials. She did some snacks, just basically a ton of of Christmas snacks. 
Mm-hmm. They were all delightful. She of made course. deviled eggs, which of course is one of my favorite things just in general. And she had a warm spinach artichoke dip, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if I'd ever really had it warm. But I'd, I'd have to say for my favorite snacks, though, the ones I grew up eating, um, my mom and my and her mom made this peppermint bark. Mm, that's really good. You know, with with the the white chocolate or marzipan or whatever it is. I don't even know. Uh, Eagle brand. <laughs> and and my grandma or my granny would she would dye it pink sometimes. Okay. So that made it a little extra special. So you know the, the crushed up peppermint and all that stuff. That was awesome. And then the other thing which mom's been talking about uh, we always had pecan trees growing up and so she would always roast pecans mm. with spices and butter and and then you know she'd throw it's it's always slightly different every time she'd put some chex mix in there some pretzels some peanuts you know just kind of whatever but the main thing was the pecans and so she's made that again this year cuz she got some some pecans at Costco so nice. I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, the the roasted pecans, whatever she does, I think there's Worcestershire sauce involved. There's a couple yes, other things. It's, um, it's a really savory one. I love it. I, I I've been wanting to try the smoked cream cheese block thing that everybody's been getting on this year, uh, and what? then and then put like a like a pepper jelly on top. So you you smoke your your block of cream cheese that you 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 kind of like you don't cube it but you score it in cubes. Then you season it with your your barbecue rub and then smoke it. Uh, so it's soft. It's got some smokiness to it. But then you can also put like a sweet and spicy pepper jelly on top. And you just dip right sure. in that with a cracker. I want to try that. I, I do have some of my candied pickled jalapenos from my garden that I may, mm-hmm. that would be per- perfect over it. Um the uh so one one of the one of the responses, Cody Goolsby. He said he made a double batch of smoked queso, which made me think of the smoked cream cheese. Double batch of smoked queso and beef jerky to take to the in-laws. So you, you, you're coming in hot there, man. Everybody's going to love that. Uh, <laughs> no he's, kidding. He said he finished his shopping at James Avery today. So strong move all the way around, Cody. Yeah, that's a that's a good, that is a very good day. A day of giving. Yeah, at Chris Carp 22 my mom makes these butterscotch morsel things with peanuts. They are fantastic. It's like, yeah, I, I've, I, uh, oh, my boss, his wife makes stuff like that and brings them to the office. And so I think I know what you're talking about, Chris, that, that I can picture it. But yeah, something, uh, something similar at least. And that sounds amazing. Matt at warm dude, sausage balls. Like these are where like, I, I yes. completely forgot <laughs> sausage balls with Bisquick breakfast sausage and cheddar. Um, dude, th- those that- are, those are good. That was nothing – somehow that wasn't anything I ever really grew up with. But I went to a friend's house during Christmas one time, and his mom had made them. And um, I don't know. I was probably middle school, early high school, and I just raved about them, and I ate so many of them that I think then my my mom started making them <laughs> like yes. after that. She's like, okay, well, I'll make these here and there. So, yeah, sausage balls, man. You dip them in some ranch dressing or – <laughs> whatever yeah sure some ranch dip <laughs> ranch dip and then finally at nick i'm serious two to go talking about a shopping and then fried turkey all day i still i don't think i've ever had fried turkey spencer 
it's hard. Like turkey's just difficult to get right. I would try it. I mean, I'm sure it's excellent, but I've, I don't. I still don't think I've ever had it. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up with what we learned, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I I've already kind of kicked off what I've learned. I've just you need to be super careful about uh, figuring out where you're ordering from, so it doesn't end up coming from China. <laughs> um, and then you're left scrambling last minute. Well, we're we're done shopping for everybody. I need we've got some pictures to print off and frame for for our parents. They're like our little topping off of, of their gifts, whatever. Samantha's done shopping for me. We're done shopping for the boys. Um, I just I just need to get one or two last things. Maybe maybe something comes in. Uh, this this one thing that it's at LAX may come in in time. You never know. Never Santa know. may bring it. Hey, what about Santa? Just ask him. Santa may bring it. I don't need, need a Santa miracle. Like, dude, stop in LA before you come to Texas, please, sir. Um, so yeah, just just double check the uh, the origin, the country of origin when you order stuff online. Yeah, um, I think what I've learned, it's everything to do with Christmas booze. I learned that my refrigerator, for whatever reason, was not stocked with beer at all. I just hadn't been drinking beer lately. I don't know why. So I remedied that this weekend. Went and picked up a six-pack of St. Arnold Yield Christmas Ale. I got a Snickerdoodle beer. I got a Brooklyn Porter that was aged in Four Roses bourbon barrels. I got a Prairie Artisan Ale, the Christmas Bomb, which is a stout with a bunch of spices. And I think... Something else. So I'm beard up. The, but the other thing I really learned is I'm an eggnog guy. I didn't know this. I never had it until this month. And it was at my in-laws house. So we went over there for her birthday celebration, which is in December. And she had some eggnog out there. And it was, I forgot what brand it was. Soko? It was whatever. It's it, No, do what? Was it Soko? No, it wasn't Soko. Soko makes eggnog. Mm-hmm. Huh. Made to be mixed with their uh, with their brand. Oh. No, what she bought was a was a pre mixed one that had the alcohol in it already. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like Old South or Southern something or something kind of generic. And she was like, "This isn't that great." And and she was saying that the Evan Williams stuff is really good. And that's what you're supposed to get. And of course, you know, she grew up in Kentucky. So I thought, okay, she's just being a homer. That's, that's sweet. Sure. So I drank that eggnog and it was the first eggnog I'd ever had. And it was pretty stout. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I'm on board with this. Went back to her house. Like I mentioned last Friday, she had all these great snacks and she had found the Evan Williams eggnog and it, it was way better. She was totally right. It was smoother. It had less of a alcohol flavor to it. Um, yeah. So not only do I like eggnog, I specifically like Evan Williams eggnog, and I might have to buy some. Yeah. So the Soko one comes like it, it's in it's in Walmart and everybody everything. Uh, it's not premixed, but Samantha is a uh, is a big eggnog drinker, and she, she doesn't like nutmeg on top. She likes the pumpkin pie spice on top. Oh, that'd be nice. Which is a little extra. Yeah, so. I did a little, I did a little nutmeg uh, with the Evan Williams, and it was just, man, it was. 
I'm surprised how much I liked it. Chef kiss, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty tasty. Well, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in this year, making it as good as it has been. Um, enjoy your time with your families. Catch you guys next week with the Mississippi State Instant Reaction. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll get you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.